Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Leave it to my nemesis, Bill Self, to bring us out of the doldrums of the college basketball sneaker paying scandal and get things going at late night at the fog. Welcome back to the Screen the Screener podcast where we are talking all things actual college basketball. Gus, late night at the fog has started. To me, that means we've turned the page, right? And we're finally looking at some basketball? I, I think I think we can. I, I, I believe there'll be still a little bit more fallout from the FBI investigation, but Let's celebrate the, the the midnight madness that has taken place here and, and try to talk a, a little bit of basketball in the latter half of this particular podcast for the listeners out there so they can start getting excited about the, the upcoming 2017-2018 college basketball season for sure, Mike Randall. All right, Gus, I'm going to put it behind us, but we probably just should start. Are we finally done with this scandal? I mean, is the, are there going to be sock companies that we're trying to pay people? Are we moving on? Somebody said Nike is next, Nike schools. Gus, are we done with this? What do you think? No, nah, I don't think we're done with it. I think there's still going to be a little bit more uh, nastiness that's going to be brought out in the light, which will, of course, you know, elicit more opinions. From the talking heads like us, I guess we're part of the talking head group now, right? Um, Darn right we are. I, I think so, right? Well, first page of Google, we got to be, right? <laughs> Good point. I, I guess by default, yes, that that, that qualifies us as talking heads. So <laughs> listeners out there, thank you for listening to Gus and Mike, two college basketball talking heads. No, but, I, no, but Mike, I feel like the uh, – I, I feel like there's going to be a couple of more layers that are – still going to be uncovered, still going to be released. I don't know if they'll have like the cool basketball pie charts at their next particular reveal, uh, but I do think the FBI is still going to take uh, aim and continue their investigation. I think there's going to be some more layers. And uh, whether it be Nike, whether it be Under Armour, whether it be more Adidas, I think there'll be a couple of more schools, a couple of more assistant coaches, maybe some head coaches, and of course some players. Here's what I think we need to pay attention to next is what actions are the individual schools going to take with the players that are in question? Are they going to suspend them indefinitely? Are they going to put a number on the suspension? Are they just going to rule them ineligible for the first semester? That uncertainty has every one of the schools that were mentioned in the investigation is going. I think they're going to have that. Uh, and all of these players are, are impact players. They're difference maker players. It's not like you know these players, like the players that are going to be suspended or 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 up for debate. Or it's not like they're going to be the twelfth man. So I think this. I think there's still going to be some ramifications, and we just have to wait and see. I mean, as far as we know. I, but I do think there's going to be some more things that we definitely need to pay attention to. And unfortunately, we'll be talking about, you know, a latter prod- podcast um, to the listeners out there about uh, unfortunate events for our particular sport that we love. Yeah, you know, on USA Today, Dan Walken, who is their college basketball guy, had a real cool video that was up on on an article there that talked about how all of the coaches right now, Gus, are going back in their mental Rolodex saying, did I have a conversation with someone that could have been recorded by the FBI? Um, you know, so that's tough. I mean, imagine being a coach and working hard and recruiting and keeping your, your nose clean. It's hard to keep your nose clean, Gus. I'm sure there's at some point something crosses over, right? I mean, 
I, I, it's not like you meet these guys in church or you, I mean, there's going to be times at which maybe you said something to someone that you shouldn't have, but there's a difference between that and a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So oh, I hope guys, that, sure. that like, let's not like go after the guy from middle Tennessee state. I, I, I'm just picking a random school. Please, please understand that middle Tennessee state friends. We love middle Tennessee state here. Um, go, Kerm- go Blue Raiders. Kermit Davis, no offense. I, it just popped in my head because we love you. But like, don't pick some guy at some random school, Oakland, Santa Clara, wherever, who had like a conversation, okay? Walking into a hotel room and facilitating a $100,000 payment from a shoe company to a, a, a third party who's going to give it to, I guess, what was potentially Brian Bowen at Louisville, that's a little different. So I'm fine with it, Gus. Let's move on. I hope there's no more bombs to be dropped, you know, Harvard all of a sudden, you know, I, you know, I, but I just think let's not, right. let, let's let it go. We made a difference. People are going to tie it up and hopefully we can move forward. And again, I, I think just to tie a, a bow on this and we'll, we'll, you know, obviously end it with Patino here. Um, he is selling his house in Louisville. Uh, he did say he was trying to defer the conversation that he was caught uh, talking to the Adidas rep saying that he was talking about a shoe deal with a, a current NBA or former Louisville player, Terry Rozier. Um, so I, 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 that's part of the mental Rolodex part that I think every coach is going back on. I'm sure they've had conversations with reps from certain companies talking about some of their former players that may be overseas or, or in the NBA. So yes, I'm sure they're doing that. And you know what? How could you not? with the environment and 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 how things are right now how could you not go back and you know try to hit the rewind button and 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 go through you know like your cue and be like oh did i talk to this guy did what conversation i have with this person right uh, right did I hold this conversation with this individual i'm not sure like yeah i bet a lot of coaches are playing that game all right, let's get to some basketball, Gus. Number two, oh, yeah. Jared Vanderbilt, uh, one of the 312 five-star <laughs> freshmen at Kentucky this year, <laughs> uh, is going to be out for the next three months with a foot injury that was sustained in practice. Gus Vanderbilt, mm. 6'9 forward from Houston. He was one of the top players in the entire 2017 class. He's a top 20 prospect. He got as high as number nine at uh, 24-7 sports and ended up number 12 overall. Yeah, yeah uh, top 15 Top 50, absolutely. As a senior last year, he was at Victory Prep Academy. Gus, he averaged only 28.5 points, 13.4 rebounds, and 8.8 assists. He posted 19 points, 10 rebounds at the Nike Hoop Summit. He was a member of the USA Under-16 National Team, of course, that captured the gold medal at the uh, FIBA 2015 Under-16 Championship. Gus, break it down for us. Uh, certainly, Vanderbilt was a player. I was probably going to be a starter. I mean, so he's going to be impact guy three months. So we're talking January, February. What do you think? So I, I think this, in some weird way, I think this might actually help define some roles for the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, due to, you know, you mentioned like the 38 stars uh, that they had coming in as freshmen. Um there's only one ball and there's only five spots. So like where are all these people going to play and how many touches are they going to get? So it seemed to me that like Knox and Vanderbilt were both going to help out with the ball handling duties, right? Yep. Uh, whether it be, you know, a point forward position, yep. uh, you throw it back to Don Nelson when he, he ran the, that system with Weber and with, and with Mason and with the Knicks, it, it might've been something of that nature. So maybe Knox just slides into that small forward spot where you can get him a whole bunch of touches 
and then uh, Diallo slides over to the two spot, and then they have Green and Alexander at the point. So, and then you know, then you can bring Vanderbilt back as like a bonus. You know, when it gets to February, like maybe maybe that's the situation, or it gets to January. Like so, in some strange way, it might help to find the roles for Kentucky. But I mean, if you're going to take away a top fifteen recruit from a team, the only team in the nation that could actually saddle correct. that burden right. is correct. Kentucky. Yes. That, uh, yeah. That, that's it's the only a, team. You know, it's a really great point. That's an excellent point, in fact. I think the challenge can be him trying to incorporate Vanderbilt yeah. when he returns as opposed to what happens right away. Folks, I, I'm looking at this 2017 top basketball recruiting list. It really does read like a who's who. I, I'm just going to read it really quick. Gus Bagley's one went to Duke. Michael Porter yep. went to Missouri. Three, Mo Bamba to Texas. DeAndre Ayton to Arizona. Colin Sexton down in Alabama with the three. 3,000 people watching a practice in August. Uh, Trevon Duval and Wendell Carter, 6-7 and seven to Duke. Jaron Jackson to Michigan State because he's going to be a national champion this year. N- number, number nine, Mitchell. <laughs> Nicely played. Number nine, Mitchell Robinson. I mean, you, you did a whole pot on him. We, we can right. move on. Hamadou Diallo, Kevin Knox, and Jared Vanderbilt, 10, 11, yeah. and 12, all went to Kentucky. So well said, man. Well said. Dang. I mean, yeah, if anybody can absorb it. Obviously, we can throw Duke into that conversation as well. But I think Kentucky is the one school, especially because uh, Vanderbilt and Knox, uh, their skill sets are not exactly identical, but they are similar enough. Um, could Vanderbilt, you know, take on some of the ball handling responsibilities? Absolutely. Can Knox? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but can Diallo uh, take some of that? Of course. I, so I think they might have um, – it might be a nice problem to have. Maybe they have a whole bunch of playmakers and a whole bunch of ball handlers on the floor at the same time for Kentucky. But I agree with your statement that the I think the the crux for Calipari is going to be number one waiting until he's healthy because I'm sure he's going to be want, going to want to be I'm sure the original plan was for him to be a one and done player and then get drafted uh, in the, uh, the June 2018 draft. But if he's injured, compromised, and doesn't have uh, the thumbnail sketch uh, for NBA scouts. Then will he rush to get back? Will he be anxious? Will he try to do too much in the short amount of time that he has on the floor? So I think that's an interesting dynamic to pay attention to as well. Uh, sliding over, uh, Gus, to our next topic of a team that is loaded as well. The Kansas Jayhawks kicked off the college basketball season with late night at the fog. KU late night kicks it off every year. The blue versus the red team, Gus, they both ended up with 45 points. Devontae Graham had 22. LeGerald Vick had an acrobatic 17. Malik Newman was there. Billy Preston was there. And little Yachty was there. Whoever that is, Gus. <laughs> I, I see you taught me keep it at 100. I could you please teach me little Yachty? He was there also. Gus, it's amazing. I saw the pictures online here at KU Athletics for the, uh, for the Twitter account. Right. It's packed, man. It's totally, I mean, totally packed. People in, in camping out. It's just awesome. It's what college basketball is about. Do you know who else was there too? A big yacht, big yachty. Oh, sorry. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Big yachty. That's hilarious. Uh, Zion Williamson. Yes, yes, yes. Zion Williamson was there. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Although Paul um, B. Although Paul B. and Cardi mentioned in, in in the interview there, Gus, that Clemson's got a shot at them. I mean, my goodness, I've uh, I've been I've been calling I mean, for Bravo's head for years. I, mean, <laughs> I I think that was a nice like plug, like <laughs> just including them on the list, right? Like I think that was one of those things. Like they're just happy to get in the club. Like I don't know, I don't know if that's a realistic. Like they're not they're not getting to the rooftop party. 
They just may get like to the first floor entry level. Rooftop party. Brian Bravo will have a, a swimming pool on his roof if he gets Zion Williamson because that'll keep him there. He needs that badly. Ah, so badly. So yeah, he was at he was at the uh, uh, late night at the fog as well. So I mean, it was a cast of thousands. And by the way, I mean, how much street cred does Kansas get that you know Little Yachty's there and, and Zion Williamson is there? It, it, uh, so obviously huge event. Um, interesting that it came out on tie. I, I still like in, just to talk some basketball. I, I think Vic is going to have a gigantic year. Yeah, I, I think he's going to yep. be a difference maker yep. for that for that particular team. He's going to be the X factor. Like we know Newman and Graham are going to be yes. one of the best backcourts in the uh, in, in, in NCAA. Um, we know that Preston's going to be an impact freshman. Uh, we hope Asabuki is coming back and, and is going to be healthy. Uh, but really, you know, Shavi is going to you know do his thing. Uh, uh, shooting threes and, and, and driving the lane, you know, from the top of the key. Um, but I think that Vic could be the X factor that makes Kansas a f- for real final four contender yep. this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To- um, and, totally agree. And, and let's celebrate. I mean, that, that, that was an awesome scene, man. That thing, that was crazy there. People were fired up. Um, it was an event. I mean, by the way, if you go there as a recruit, and you go to that event, like it is hard to say no to Kansas, right? It, it, it certainly is. And, and Mario <laughs> Mario Chalmers was also there. Him of the massive three pointer that knocked off Memphis after Derrick Rose let him go the wrong way there, and he hit that big three. And Kansas went on to win that title, which Bill Self has wiped his brow about. But we've talked about that enough, Gus. <laughs> uh, Next thing I want to do here is we have a new game we're going to play. We're going to call "Play the Percentages with Gus." Well, I'm a big percentage guy, uh, you know, just in my normal everyday life. Um, people will often ask, like, hey, guys, what what's the percentage that you think this might happen? Or what's the percentage that you're going to show up at this event? And I will give them an honest percentage. And now people expect the percentage answer for me. So this is like this is like perfect. This is like real life modeling the podcast. I, I, I'm totally with this. This is great. <laughs> well, let's play the percentages with Gus. You know how long it took me to find that drop there, Gus? But here we go. That'll be the official Screen the Screener podcast, play the percentages drop with Gus. Nice. So what we're going to do is we're going to ask Gus 10 questions. He's going to get on the couch. We talk about this all the time, folks. Gus is going to sit back, relax, hear the question, absorb the question in that vault of college basketball great knowledge that he has and just spit out a percentage that comes to the top of his head right away. A cigar is a cigar and a percentage is a percentage, Gus. Are you ready? And Louisville is bad sushi. <laughs> Play the percentages with Gus. Question number one of 10, Gus. Here we go. You're on the couch. Are you comfortable? Comfortable. Percentage chance both Michigan State and Arizona will not make the 2018 Final Four in San Antonio. Can I ask for a qualifier on this percentage? Is this, is this, a, is this both of them or either? It is both. It is the the and, so I'm asking you both Michigan State and Arizona, what is the chance that neither of them are in the Final Four in San Antonio? Oh, neither. Wow. Uh, that would have to, mayhem would have to ensue. The brackets would have to be absolutely insane. Um, the matchups would be very dependent. Oh, man, if neither one of them was there, I'd be shocked. I think that's... Uh, 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 that's an eight percenter for me. I think that's eight percent. You have championed the Michigan State Spartans as your number one preseason team, and rightfully so. Uh, I have them in my top four. I believe that Arizona 
uh, FBA investigation aside, <laughs> right. <laughs> could be the number one team in the country preseason. I th- I really think like much like we we called for Gonzaga to make the Final Four preseason last year. I really strongly feel that Arizona is going to make that Final Four this year. Get that monkey off the back. Get the elephant out of the room. Nobody else can have that conversation about Sean Miller anymore after this year. I think he's going to get there. He might just win the whole thing. So I think they're definitely going to be there. The my only reservation with uh, with Michigan State not making it is due to their recent history with the Denzel Valentine team and losing uh, to Middle Tennessee State. If that wasn't in our uh, recent me- mental Rolodex, I mean, I think you can put them. I think everybody would put both of them there right away and then figure out who the other two are going to be. Uh, so I'm going to say eight percent that that they're not there. And fair point, Gus, because if that Middle Tennessee State get, game didn't happen, they probably wouldn't have been in this question. To be honest with you, they may have had the national <laughs> yeah, yeah, title. All right, uh, uh, like real life consequence right there. Okay. Question two: Playing the percentages with Gus, Cincinnati, my hmm. Valentine, Mick Cronin, and the Bearcats. What is the percentage chance, Gus, that they win? The AAC conference finishing ahead of first year member and conference favorite preseason, Wichita State. 42%. I think there's whoa, an excellent, whoa. <laughs> excellent chance. I did not see that coming, folks. We do not have these percentages. He is really on a couch and he is really giving percentages. Wow, I'm excited. I was hoping maybe 20. No, no, 42. no. Here, here, here are my reasons. Number one, we have the Landry Shaman uh, injury uh, uncertainty. We also have uh, Marcus McDuffie's injury uncertainty. So there is some injury uncertainty on the Wichita State shocker side. Number two, uh, when you're dealing with uncertainty, I I know that Wichita State has a number of student athletes that can fill into those roles, but those are the two impact players. So let's throw that into the equation right away. Number two, I really like like Cincinnati. Let's not ignore that part. Let's put put both of uh, Wichita State's stars fully healthy. I still really like Cincinnati. Do I like them to beat Wichita State outright for the league title? Maybe not. But with the injuries and with uh, what they have coming back, with what they have uh, with Clark uh, and Washington and Cumberland and Broom, like I, they, there are too many players on that team that can make a difference on both sides of the floor for them to get any lower percentage than 42%. They are live in that conference. Do not ignore them. They are live in that conference. And by the way, they are live in March as well. That team is going to make some noise. And if they get a good matchup, don't be surprised if they're one of the teams that's joining Michigan State and Arizona in the Final Four. I like that. I want to go a little deeper in the AAC, Gus. So here's my next question for you. Number three, what is the percentage chance that Cincinnati Cincinnati does not have anyone on first-team all-conference? I'll give you an example. S- suppose first first team could be Landry Shamit, Wichita State, sure. Marcus McDuffie, Wichita State, sure. Shake Milton's back, SMU. Yep. You, you talked about Jalen Adams, who love, and then throw in Gus the random high scorer on a team that's not in the top, you know, couple pl- teams like a Rob Gray, Houston. Yeah, I was thinking Gray too. Okay, good call. What do you, um, what do you think? Man, I tell you what, it it could happen, but you know who's going to make it. Bruman is going to make it. The transfer point guard from Sacred Heart, he will be a first-team all-conference player. I think he's the guy that's going to put up numbers that are going to be the difference-making, uh, that are going to get the attention of the voters, that are going to get the attention of the assistant coaches, the the other coaches. So I think percentage, I think it is 5% chance that there is not going to be a Cincinnati player on 
first team all conference. I think it's the lowest percentage of any question that you're going to ask me. Could it happen? Could the lineup that you just mentioned be first team all conference and everybody be good with that? Yeah, I'd be good with that. I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. But I think leaving out a Cincinnati player would be absolutely obscene, especially if they have the type of year that I'm predicting them to have. So 5% on that, unbelievably low. Folks, for those that don't have the encyclopedia that Gus does, uh, Kane Broom was one of the nation's leading scorers last year. He was 23 points per game uh, two years ago at Sacred Heart, rather. To, uh, one of the nation's leading scorers two years ago at Sacred Heart, 23 points per game, and he's coming over to join Cincinnati. Again, they're always the sum of uh, the sum of the parts is greater than the individuals, or the, the the group is greater than the sum of the parts. But that is a nice prediction, and I, I like it. I mean, certainly, you know, I'm rooting for them, but I certainly do like it. Number four, Gus, are you ready? Yeah. Percentage, percentage chance the North Carolina Tar Heels finish outside the final top 25 poll? Fascinating question. Wow. And I'm a little bit of a UNC guy. Uh, lift the curtain a little bit. Um, our first CYO uniforms. You know, and I'm yes, yes, that's right. Carolina, yes. Carolina Blue. And what, what, you know, Converse weapon shoe did I get? Yeah, I got the Converse Weapon Carolina Blues to match the my you know my yes, my second yes. Louis CYO uniform. That was awesome, um, and we kept that all the way up until uh, we kept that color all the way up until middle school. So I'm a, a UNC guy, if for no other reason, just for the uniform. Um, ah, man, that would be that would be oh wow. So let's put a percentage on that. Jeez, I, I, you know what? It, it's I. This is a total Joel Berry dependent percentage here. And it's just slightly above the Cincinnati percentage, but it's 8%. It's okay. 8% that they're going to end up outside of the top 25. I think Joel Berry, if he's healthy, will keep that team relevant the entire year, and they will get a top four seed in March. Um, I think they have enough on the perimeter. I think uh, Cam Johnson will do enough inside. And I bet Roy figures out a good rotation with some of those freshman bigs to keep it at least to keep everybody at least honest in the post with North Carolina. So 8% that they fall completely out of the top 25 at the end of the season. You know, the only reason I brought this one up is because I've dropped them. Uh, we got our rankings up folks almost uh, finished it up, but we're getting ready for the college basketball season on the website, www.randallrant.com. We have of course our NCA rankings. We got a screen, the screener podcast. So come take a look at it. If you, if you get a chance, Gus, the reason I put them up there is I dropped them. I had them at like 13. I dropped them down to like 22. My rationale is, Joel Berry is an excellent college player, but he is not like a jump on my back. I'm 23 and 10 Danny Manning circa 1987 type of guy. And true. Luke May's got to step up. I like Theo Pinson. He's really Vince Edwards, but I like Theo Pinson. I think he's very good, <laughs> uh, but he's sort of like jack of all trades. You know, I loved Kenny Williams last year. That was a massive disappointment for me. He's a junior. Seventh Woods didn't show me a ton. I do agree with you. I think if Cam Johnson can step forward from Pitt and really do some damage, then maybe this this pick is off. But I'm kind of cool on North Carolina. Am I nuts? No, you're not nuts. But I also think um, that's exactly what they want. They want everybody cooling on them and ignoring them. And you know, it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be awesome. Here's what's gonna be awesome. When they have to pl- when they have to play Duke and they are relevant and they beat Duke, oh, that would be it, it is going to be. I, I'm calling it right now. They are going to they are going to take down Duke in one of those games, probably at North Carolina, probably probably at Chapel Hill, and everybody's going to be back on the bandwagon. And guess what? Screen the screener will just say, "Yeah, told you so." 
Every single year since my wife and I started dating, we have to watch Duke, North Carolina because I made her watch it in her building and she had like never watched it and didn't understand. I said, no, this is like the most important college basketball game of the year. <laughs> so we watch it every year. That is a true story. Watch it 12 years in a row. So I, I'll be rooting for it, of course. And, and Gus, I guess North Carolina won't have to worry about Louisville in the ACC. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Question five. Fair enough. Uh, Gus, let's go to the Big 12. Percentage, yes, sir. percentage chance that Jamie Dixon's TCU team finishes in the top three. We know about self mm. and we certainly know about Huggy Bear, but could TCU be third? You know what? They they definitely could. Uh, are we going to lock that up right now? Uh, I don't think I'm that confident. So how about uh, how about 31%? I like it. I like it. 31% that TCU will be a top three Big 12 team. Uh, I think you have to pay attention to Texas Tech. They lost too many close games last year. Um, it'd be silly not to pay attention to them. Uh, I, I th- also think Iowa State, even though they're going to be down a little bit, you know that playing, you know that playing at Hilton is going to be an issue for every team coming in, including TCU and some of the trips that that those. And I, I don't know, like our. Even though there's only 10 teams, every team is kind of loaded. Will it be a down year for the conference? Yes. Is TCU on the uptick? Yes. Uh, Are they ready to make the jump to top three? Maybe. I'm going to give them a 31% chance. You know, it's a great percentage. It's like the perfect percentage right there. It's it's Gus being Gus, folks. You can talk about Oklahoma with Long Kruger, with the recruits, right? Uh, Certainly Mo Bamba, Texas, Shaka, see how they do. Yeah, yeah. You got Mano and Joe Lowe, Baylor. So I I think they're in the mix. I'm I'm a little down with Kansas State. But outside of that, I I think everybody has a a shot. And I I love, you know, I love love the TCU lineup. I love that they have, uh, you know, dual point cards. Uh, Fisher will help handle the ball. Vlad- uh, Vladimir Brodzianski. <laughs> I love Brodzianski. He is like the if perfect he dies, he dies. <laughs> For real, he's like a better Isaac Haas, right? I mean, that's that's what he is. He's like a more offensively skilled uh, big man. Uh, you know, we love Kendrick Williams. He's one of my favorite uh, college basketball players this upcoming season. They they do have tons of pieces, and they bring all of those pieces back. And you know, the biggest thing I think that. Horn Frog fans need to get after is like Jamie Dixon has like changed the culture there. Like they won a championship last year. They won a championship in Madison Square Garden well last said. year. Well said. Like that 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 culture has changed at TCU, and Jamie Dixon is responsible for changing that culture. So why not? Maybe even make that percentage a little higher than thirty one percent. But I, they're they're going to be a factor. And you know what? You know it's going to be great when they make the tournament next year. Drago says we will make first NCAA tournament since 1998 at TCU. Go work, frogs. That's great. Now some Russian guy mad at me for doing that imitation. I'm sorry. It's done in love. It's done in total love. We love TCU. Right, uh, right. Number six, Gus. Uh, we got five left here. Number six, Northwestern. After a 78-year wait hmm. to make the NCAA tournament, we'll go back-to-back and a belly-to-belly make the tournament again despite playing all its home games at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Here is the only. Here's the highest percentage of this. Ninety nine percent. Okay. Here, here's here's my logic. They bring almost everybody back from last year's team. Of course, the head of the monster, the head of the snake, Brian McTosh. We love him. I love him as a player. I think he's an unbelievably underrated point guard. Big free in college throws, basketball. Guys. Big free throws. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I think you said it before. Onions, the guy, the guy is like no conscious. Like he, 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 he does not care. He is like, I'm going to make this shot. 
I don't care what anybody else is thinking. I love that kid. I think he's an, I think he's a really, really amazing uh, student athlete, like true student athlete in college basketball. Uh, number two, I, I know we talked about this before. They are going to make that place like the most unique college home court advantage in the Big Ten. Mark it down right now. People are going to hate going there. They're probably going to have to walk around the corner and use the urinal that the fans use to go to the bathroom or something along those lines, right? It's going to be something like oddballish like that. And and you know what? I think Northwestern is just going to be comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable in their home arena or quasi-home arena. And I, I bet they make that a home court advantage. So bring everybody back. And you know Collins does everything the right way. Uh, how about this? I'm going to throw a caveat on top of this. Not only will they make back-to-back tournaments, I bet they win games in back-to-back tournaments. I bet they win their first-round game. Oh, it would be totally great to see. Great to see for Northwestern. Very excited for them. Amazing. The kids were so excited last year, and they got the win. Luck was on their side. And you know what? After a 78-year drought, Gus, I have no problem with that at all. (laughs) How about how about this? Like, I mean, we 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 you and I talk about this like personally, not like necessarily on the podcast, but like nothing wrong with some good karma, right? Darn nothing right. wrong at all. And they had that last year coming to them big time, and that's why that happened. Gus Villanova has won the Big East for five consecutive years in a row. Monsters. Is, is the streak going to break? I know I, I kind of got the vibe on, on the website when we put up the rankings that maybe you're a little questioning of Villanova. Xavier Seton Hall fighting Ed Cooley's. What do you think? Fighting Ed Cooley's. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's some vulnerability there. I think there's a little chink in the armor. Uh, my reasoning behind the little chink in the armor is if they're going to rely on Brunson to be their like go-to guy – I'm going to get a basket right now, guy. I think the ceiling is a little limited. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love him as a player. I think he's in a rock-solid point guard. I think he has a chance to play in the league uh, whenever he decides to go, probably after the same route as Josh Hart. So if we're going to put a percentage on this, will they – you know what? It is a 40% chance. I think you can include Xavier – and I think you can include Seton Hall. I think Xavier, if they can kind of get their act together, um, and Gooding can make a little jump at the point guard. I think we're, I think they can they can make a, a challenge at them, no doubt, because they'll have the best player on the court. Blew it, and I think Seton Hall, with all of those seniors coming back, maybe those seniors and Willard are going to say like, we have something to prove finally, and our something to prove is we're not going to win the tournament in the Garden. We're going to win the regular season. So I'm going to say there's a 40% chance that they don't repeat just because those two teams, Xavier and Seton Hall, do have the players. And each one of them, guess what? Seton Hall have the best player on the floor when they play, and Xavier will have the best player on the floor when those two te- when Xavier and Villanova match up and when Seton Hall and Villanova match up. Each of the other teams will have a better player than Villanova's best player. Yeah, Biggie's realigned in 2013, Gus. So uh, Jay Wright and the Wildcats have won it four years in a row. Uh, 16-2, and 16-2, 16-2 last year, 15-3. and three. They've made the NCAA third round, third round, the NCAA title championship, Chris Jenkins for three, and then the NCAA second round last year. So I think it's worthwhile. Xavier's going to be nipping at their heels. And, of course, we talk about Seton Hall, but the only issue there in my mind is coaching. Moving on. Number, mm-hmm. number eight, Gus. <sighs> 
What is the percentage chance that St. Mary's breaks Gonzaga's five-year West Coast Conference tournament run? And so give me two percentages here. What okay. is the percentage chance that they break? Because uh, you talked about this once, I think, before. Gonzaga's five-year regular season championship run. St. Mary's Gus was 14-2 and two back in 2011-2012. They, they did, tied? They tied two years ago. They won it outright right. in 2011-2012. So, Gus, what do you got for me, man? <laughs> okay. here's here uh, Again, we talked about this a little bit before, so I'm going to stick with the percentages here. St. Mary's is a 87% chance to win the regular season that's title. Insane. That's insane. That's in the West insane. Coast. <laughs> However, they only have a 29% chance right, to okay. win the All tournament. Right, okay. I think Gonzaga is going to beat them in the tournament. I think St. Mary's will win outright uh, in the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised if St. Mary's pulls a Vermont and goes undefeated during the regular season in the West Coast Conference. Gus, if Hackman Landell is in foul trouble, they're losing to San Diego, Portland, Pacific, Pepperdine, Loyal, and Merrimack. I mean, any of those is possible. I appreciate it. I'm rooting for them. They have my heart. This is like the girlfriend you just cannot break up with, Gus. Right, I don't understand right, right. it. But uh, fair enough. I'll take it. Wow, that is, that's that's crazy. I can't wait for the games. Unbelievable. Um, in the yeah, so I, I think uh, 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 St. Mary's, uh, regular, season, uh, regular season champs, and then Gonzaga gets the automatic bid with the tournament champs, but because St. Mary's will have uh, had the almost unblemished record in conference, I think they get an invite as well. All right, folks, two left for uh, play the percentages with Gus. If you are new to the podcast, Gus has a sweet spot for the Mountain West. Uh, he loves it. It's it's there. He he's just always been connected. The Mountain West has certainly had some trouble, Gus, along the way here, but the beleaguered Mountain West Conference. What is the percentage chance, Gus? This is a two-part question. We'll do the first one first. What is the chance that Nevada, if they don't win the Mountain West Conference Tournament, what's the chance Nevada makes the NCAA Tournament? Ooh, that's a great question. All right. I think they're really gifted. I think they're super talented top to bottom. I think Coach Musselman does an amazing job. And you know what they did too? They didn't do what St. Mary's does and schedule a whole bunch of cupcakes early. They put games on their schedule to make sure that just in case they don't win the Mountain West Conference tournament and get the in, uh, automatic invite, they'll have enough on the resume to make it in. They have a game against Rhode Island. Rhode Island's going to be one of those teams that's going to be fighting for an, uh, an invite as well from the A-10. They're going to play Davidson. They're going to play Illinois State. They're going to play Texas Tech. They're going to play TCU. They're going to play, uh, and then they get into, uh, and then they get into conference play. So they have enough opportunities with their pre-conference schedule to win a couple of those games. And I wouldn't be surprised if all those games we just listed off. I wouldn't be surprised they win all those games. I would not be surprised they go into the conference uh, part of the schedule undefeated. I think they are unbelievably talented. I think there's a big year coming from Nevada. So you know what I'm going to say? 97% that they get an invite without winning the conference tournament and getting the invite. I hope you're right. Eric Musselman's still there. Of course, Cam Oliver entered the NBA draft, but they got Jordan Caroline back. Gus, the Mountain West, 
uh, sent five teams to the NCAA tournament in 2013, three in 2015. It's been a one-bid league the last two seasons. Uh, the Fresno State in 2016, Nevada 2017, they each lost in the opening round when they were double-digit mm-hmm. seeds. So there's no respect out there. Hopefully, Nevada can provide that respect for the conference. And my last question for you, Gus, Ooh. what is the chance that Nevada not only makes the tournament, but makes the Sweet 16 after winning two games? Wow. Uh, I I think that they have the opportunity to do so. Obviously, we're matchup dependent here. I think that they will have uh, the talent to do so. Uh, I think that they're, they're one of the teams that got a taste last year. They had an odd matchup with Iowa State, which I thought was a winnable game. Um, but when you're matching up against Monte Morris, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, so they kind of had a feel of what it's like to play against a big-time team and a big-time player. I think the roles were reversed this year. I think they are the big-time team with the big-time player slash players. Give me a 57% chance for Nevada to make a Sweet 16 run this year. 57% good money. If the odds are in Reno to bet on them making the Sweet 16, I would put down some money on that. I love it. I hope you're right. I totally hope you're right. Folks, I hope you love that is our first edition, and we will do this throughout the year, Gus. I think it's very popular. I kind of like the percentages. I'm down with it. Play the percentages with Gus. Gus, I guess we got to wrap it up here, unfortunately, huh? Oh, no, I don't think unfortunate. I think just fine for the listeners. Listeners out there, thank you so much for carving out some time for the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Again, we mentioned this before in a couple of podcasts back, but Mike and I are just really enamored with how many people are tuning in and choosing to get your information from the Screen the Screener Podcast. Thank you guys so much for, for plugging us into your earbuds or, or putting us on your commute, however you're choosing to consume. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Um, uh, Mike, anything uh, anything else for the listeners we want to say out there? That's all I got, folks. Remember to follow us. You can follow us at SDS Podcast on Twitter. Follow Gus at CKearns12 and myself at Randall, R-A-N-D-L-E, Rant. If you like what you hear, we'd love you to go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, and, ah, very a, good. and a comment. We appreciate it. And any reviews that are on iTunes from here on out during the season, Mike and I will make sure to give a little shout out on the podcast and you get an ahoy out there. Uh, so please, if you have some time during the, during the week, uh, punch up a, a cool review for us and we'll, uh, we'll give you a shout out on the, on the next pod uh, uh, down the line during the season. That'd be great. Here comes Belzar, which means we're on our way out, my friend, right? Uh, cheers. Salancha. Gratulatia, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, Hackman Landell. <laughs>